It's the Smart Driving Cars podcast. Thanks for joining us. This edition is sponsored by the Smart ETF's Smart Transportation and Technology ETF, symbol MOTO. For more information, head to MOTOETF.com. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the Faculty Chair of Autonomous Vehicle Engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser. Hi again, Alan. Hey, good morning, Fred. Good morning, it is. In the latest Smart Driving Cars newsletter, the saga of Nikola continues. You quote a Wall Street Journal report on Nikola's changing plans and how much smaller the deal with GM looks like and the slide in the company stock. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess GM um, kind of looked at it and said, whoops, uh, maybe um, we didn't do all of our homework on this one and uh, we're moving on. And, I, and my goodness, um, um, I guess um, the um, the lipstick um, on that one um, kind of um, wore off and um, GM's moving on. And I guess in, in a sense, maybe a, a cautionary tale? I think so, because I mean, you know, it's associated with this and other technologies. Boy, there's a lot of pumping. And um, I don't know how much, you know, I guess people were interested in dumping, but there's certainly the pumping. And, and some of this is just, it's gotten to be absolutely, um, you know, ridiculous. And in a sense, if people can't be, you know, somewhat straightforward, somewhat open, somewhat um, transparent in terms of what they're doing, all this is, is to try to accomplish something, uh, something good, uh, save the planet, uh, provide uh, um, uh, a better quality of life to individuals, uh, those things. And my goodness, uh, some of this is, especially with respect to some of the technology is like, hey, wait a minute, okay. From CNN Business, there's a report on self-driving robo-taxis taking off in China. AutoX, an Alibaba-backed startup, has announced it has rolled out fully driverless robo-taxis on public roads in Shenzhen. And the report says it has 25 vehicles operating without safety drivers. So I guess they'd be the second to do this if this is accurate. Well, I think we should assume that if they announce it, that it is accurate. We shouldn't treat them like Nikola, okay, and and basically look up, you know, and see what the heck's underneath there. We should assume that they, you know, what, what is, why shouldn't they be accurate? They so, should so, be accurate. Well, I'm not really questioning that. I'm just saying. It, I, I know not, you didn't but. question it, so we shouldn't even question it. So we should so, not even question. Although, so this is a big story although, then, a pretty big step. Although, Although we did question it. <laughs> Why? Because of the Nicholas of this world. And it's, it's kind of a shame. Okay. Why did I look very closely at the, at the video that they put there? Okay. Because they said downtown. And then when I looked outside, you know, what I could see in the video, downtown, Shenzhen, I haven't been there since 1978, okay? So I'm sure Shenzhen has changed since 1978. Slightly. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But, you know, sort of looked like Chandler. Maybe it was, yeah, it had a tall building. I don't know that Chandler has a tall building. But, you know, there was one car on the road that came around, I guess. Maybe they were showing it in a roundabout, you know? 
didn't look like downtown to me. Darn it. And I guess, I guess I shouldn't focus on the word downtown. But if I then look at downtown and question downtown, then I have to question driverless. And that's terrible that I'm in that position. I don't want to be in that position. I want to, I want to applaud them. Have, great. It does look like it is a public road. The operational, the operational design domain is as important as what it is you're doing. Because you can certainly, doing it in an operational, doing it in Disneyland, doing it at, at, at uh, the M testing facility in Michigan, doing it in a private airport enclosed, doing it at, at, um, at, 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 at um, um, for, for DARPA at the Grand Challenge. In those operational design domains, and as we'll talk about later, doing it in a tunnel is pretty simple. We've been doing it for years. Doing it on a public street in a neighborhood where people live, where there are children, where there are old folks, where there are people walking on the sidewalk, where there are bicyclists. Doing it downtown where there's havoc. That's tough. And you shouldn't take being able to do it in a tunnel to imply that you can do it downtown. I don't think. Now, if you can, and if I'm wrong, then please, you know, good, you know, go forward. But these are important. The operational design domain and what you're doing it is as important as what you're doing it. So if you're doing A in B, and B is downtown, and A is driverless. And if at face value, they would be the second company to make at that face, call to say no, no safety first, driver. They'd, and be out the, there. they'd be the first one. Waymo's not done it downtown. Not downtown, no. Uh, right? So even more. What can I say? So we, I think we should I say we, 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 we have invited them to come on with us. We've they haven't gotten to back in. to us yet. Yeah, about being back. Able to we do would it. love and 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 Chow, you know, he was a colleague of mine at Princeton, uh, was co-advisor at Chen Yi Chen, one of my PhD students uh, contributed enormously to, to Chen Yi's education, love him dearly, uh, wish him the best. And, and, and certainly I'm not suggesting at all that there's a like, a, hey, we have a truck running downhill, but there's nothing in it. Okay. Um, you know, but darn it, you know, even if they, if they did it in a suburb, if they did it in the Chandler, they don't, they'd be number two. Not so bad worldwide number two. I know we all want to be number one. Princeton's number one everywhere, of course. We're number one in smart driving cars. We're the only one, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's, but, 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 you know, aside from that, 
yes, it, it does look like they did, you know, position the cameras in the vehicle to, to make, to make it look like that. Yes. I mean, everybody knows they can't be doing that remotely because you can't do this stuff remotely. Uh, maybe you can do it with one vehicle, but you know, you really can't do it. Okay. I mean, the latencies and all that, even with 12 G, let alone five G, uh, you know, <laughs> from ARS Technica, Alan, uh, Luminar founder Austin Russell has become one of the youngest self-made billionaires after his LIDAR company went public. He was like 17 years old when he started uh, the company eight years ago. Well, you know, congratulations. I mean, you know, this is the marketplace, uh, you know, responding. That's what the marketplace has responded to. Yes, you know, LIDAR could be important in all this stuff. And yes, his approach to doing it, greater range and so on, you know, and pull it off and for whatever, you know, price, whether, you know, yeah, so... Uh, it looks like you know, there is substance and, and, you know, congratulations there. Uh, you know, that's the marketplace responding. And I guess it highlights there's still an awful lot of opportunity out there in this space. Awful lot of opportunity. Just starting, we're as we're talking said. about who's, who's first and who's second. I mean, whatever in the whole big thing, we haven't even started yet. Okay. I mean, really, I mean, we've been playing around and, you know, in the lab with, pointy-headed engineers and what the potato <laughs> I Fred, we have to have some fun, don't we? I mean, we do. I hope, I hope everybody here has that little bit of fun, too. Too simple. But this is serious business, okay? This right. is serious business. And when we put out a press release, we should be very careful. And in a sense, we should be very careful to define what it is we really have and and what are its limits the operational design domain is a definition of the limits and yes we might be good outside those limits but we don't know it yet and this is all about you know what we don't know as much as about what we do know well talking about money uh, too simple the self-driving truck startup has closed a 350 million dollar funding round it's from a group of strategic investors from rail, retail, and, and freight giants. And this story comes from our friend Kirsten Korosek at uh, TechCrunch. Yeah, and, and, you know, Too Simple's out there. And, and although, you know, the things that I hear from Too Simple is they, you know, they look to me more like a logistics company. And whether or not they do a driverless is really, I don't know, seems to me like the driverless is thrown in there to get somebody is almost clickbait, but... Um, no other comment. Well, we'll be back with more. But first, this is a good time to remind you about our sponsor, the Smart ETFs, Smart Transportation and Technology ETF, symbol MOTO. To get more information, head to MOTOETF.com. On the website, we should point out it's a good idea to read the white paper they have there. It's called the Smart Transportation Revolution. It's under a tab called Insights and News. Great information there to help you make informed decisions about investing. And you may know ETFs can be a smart way to spread risk with investments and focus at the same time on a particular category of stocks. The site, once again, is MOTOETF.com. 
Alan, in our last edition, we had the dispatcher publisher, Michael Senna, with us and talking about issues with electric vehicles and how that electricity is generated. Now comes a report that Porsche has launched an effort to make carbon neutral synthetic gasoline. Hmm. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, the quite, you know, one good thing about gasoline is it's relatively cheap. You know, it's, you know, in some places in the world, it you know, comes out of the ground essentially by itself. And, you know, it's, it's, it, we've, created great transportation systems to to send it around the world you know and super tankers and and can well, basically the, the, the inference it. here when you talk synthetic is that this is made not from right, underground right, but right so it's another process the, the question with that process is it, does it have a chance to be as inexpensive as affordable as gasoline is because when you really look at gasoline my goodness you know we produce a whole heck of a lot of it uh, for, for essentially nothing. I mean, that's the real attraction. And that's what I was trying to point out that, you know, it's not that tough to get it out of the ground. It's not that tough to move it around the world. It's not that tough to refine it. It's not that it's not that tough to handle, or at least we've gotten we've we've had we've had innovators all along the way that have that have contributed to taking something that initially was pretty darn tough to being you know really inexpensive. I mean, the fact that I can, you know, right now in Jersey, buy a gallon of this at Costco for, you know, two bucks. I mean, cut it out. I can't get milk at two bucks. Okay. So, 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 I mean, that, that's, a dri that's one of the driving forces behind, behind gasoline, diesel. If you then look at, at doing it another way then you have you, you, you probably have to come up with a way that that is that is somewhat comparable to that okay in price so somebody can come up with a way to come up with something that in fact solves the environmental issues associated with gasoline at about you know maybe it doesn't maybe it can be three bucks a gallon <laughs> you know including the taxes that all the politicians want to throw on top of it. Well, taxes that are appropriate to pay for the things that well, you, you end up having to pay for. So, you know, please tax it. We want to pay for it. But, you know, that that's that's what they're looking at. But the interesting thing about this is that, is that, is that the folks who deal with having a mobile energy source that is then converted to propulsion at the place and the time you need it, which is what is being done by gasoline and the internal combustion engine and what batteries and electric motors are trying to do in the EV competition. You know, it seems as if to me that competition is not over. Not, not the steam engine isn't finding, the Stanley brothers aren't finding their way back into this one to make it, you know, the way it was and. 1910, 1920, you know, 100 years ago here, okay, where you had three of them trying to make this, this get mobile energy out there to give me the stuff that I need, where I need it, when I need it, okay, which is what mobility is all about. And so those, the, the folks that deal with that, you know, uh, I guess we can say the steam guys and gals have dropped out and and then electric 
electricity dropped out for a while and now they're back but 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 that that's going to go on and even though the the california governor said hey no we're we're putting all of our eggs in one basket and gonna go with 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 the one the other the other folks i don't think are gonna going to give up they're going to try to say hey no mate take take a look i mean we're really not as bad as we as everybody thinks we are one of the ways to do that is hey if you make if you make the the stuff that is actually contains the energy that you can just put in a tank and then have it move around with you and use it as when and where you need it and can make that so it doesn't you know uh, so, so you you save the planet at the same time. Beautiful. So, I think that that is what Porsche uh, is, and other folks are 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 doing on the internal combustion engine. Who knows? It's it's not only the design of the engine; it's what we're burning, and it's how we're burning it. And we should probably have Fred Dreyer on here, and he'll tell us exactly how it's burning, exactly how it's burning. We, yeah, and we should, you know, but you know. But, but that's the key. So that, that's that's what they're going for. And, 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 and yeah, go for it. You know, keep working. It's nice. Competition is good. It is. And we'll have to see where that leads. You yeah. know, the, the EV proponents would say, but but EVs, electric vehicles are so much less complicated than the internal combustion engines. But yeah, yeah, the complicated, you know, complications. <laughs> Repair costs. Co- co- complication, uh, you know, is it sort of lines up with with costs. But if you can make complicated things cheap, or as cheap, or cheap enough, who cares complication? So you know, <laughs> I guess. Along these lines, you put in the newsletter something that dates back to. 2011 with a headline emissions test car versus truck versus leaf blower i want this synthetic gasoline for my leaf blower <laughs> yeah well of course i can pile send it to me and i uh, you know it's a good thing to to put to put back in into this thing and 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 to say especially it's 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 a design the engine as to whether it, i mean two cycle engines we i mean one of the good things that the clean air act of 1970 did it was basically said get the heck away from from two cycle engines we've known that they're bad for a long time but then you know there are the four cycles and so on and when and all the designs <laughs> and then of course when you look at it if you look at the whole business of you know saving the planet you know where does where where do the where does the stuff come from? I mean, you know, we have the problem with cows. We know we have the problem with cows. We know we we've known we have a problem with two cycle engines, and then and then when you look at the four cycles and and where you put them and the kind of things you use them on, my goodness, um, you know, the the automobile industry has done a really good. I have to say, a really good job of competing here, saying, "Hey, we've got." The, the government is out there beating us over the head and yeah we can uh, the public sector yeah we can we can make this stuff cleaner and cleaner you know they cheat along the way which is totally i mean the volkswagen thing i mean it's as bad as nicola or worse or i don't know but it's come on you know uh be open out there be truthful and you know quit faking it i mean in the end you're gonna get caught 
Well, we've reached the boring portion of our <laughs> of our podcast. <laughs> Elon Musk's boring company has released the first images teasing its first passenger station in Las Vegas. The plans are to connect the convention center, which we know so well, with casinos on the strip, eventually creating a loop throughout the city with Tesla's autonomous vehicles providing the transport in the tunnels. Hmm. <laughs> Another one. Well, you know, I mean, Jerry Luton and a couple of us proposed a similar thing in 1975 uh, to put personal rapid transit into Las Vegas. It was the thing. We thought it was going to be the thing. We had it elevated as opposed to underground because we didn't have a boring company. We didn't have Teslas. We just had pods and so on. And we're going to put it in there and we're going to connect the airport, which is an important thing to connect, with convention centers, all the hotels and so on, and completely automated, personal whatever collision free da da de, 1975 i mean how long ago was 19 whatever um or maybe it was even before 1970 it might have been 74 whatever well they built a um, monorail but i don't know how if it uh, ever really got used to any great extent didn't get used to any great extent i don't know if it's automated or not it may be but here we were going to have small vehicles offline stations and so on so forth so when i when i saw when i saw the image of of what uh, what elon's putting in there it looked like one of our prt stations from 19 whatever um the unfortunate thing that we didn't realize talk about stupidity oh my goodness you go out there first of all you provide mobility excellent mobility uh from between all the casinos guess what a casino owner doesn't want excellent mobility for from his <laughs> or her casino man unless you don't have any money left in your pocket and then they throw you out uh, you know in the back door and i don't, I don't think they have clocks on the wall they don't want they, you to they, know don't, they, they don't they don't want they, they get you in there they don't want to leave they don't want you to leave so having a great way to get from the bellagio to the whatever oh but things have changed in las vegas now there used to be i guess independent competing casino owners that may not exist anymore i don't know i don't want to let's not get into the the whatever right. of, of well they, they've also made them so big they're they're like mazes once you're in one you can't leave you so. can't leave <laughs> right right so you can't even find uh elon's uh boring uh uh, uh tesla station i think it, it's great what what elon's doing there however the operational design domain of this thing are tunnels. Guess what's not in the tunnels besides rats? Traffic. Tra other traffic. There are no children playing ball. There's no button. There, there's nobody crossing, walking along the sidewalk. There's, there are no. Uh, uh, people who basically sit there and 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 drive their own cars and misbehave when they're driving in the same place, and text, and 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 fall asleep, and have some something to uh, uh, some adult beverage, and are out there competing with you in the tunnels. So yes, it is great what Elon has done. But you need to pay attention. Again, driverless, wonderful. 
operational design domain, a tunnel. Thinking that that tunnel, you can do this in a tunnel, even suggests you can do it down Cleveland Lane in front of the house here. No, no. Well, I, well, I don't know, no, but don't even think about implying it, really. But anyway, I think it's great. It's wonderful. Uh, whatever. If we ever get to Las Vegas again, want to do it. I can't imagine what 220,000 of us or however many of us go to CES all of a sudden run in there. And I mean, the way we queue up at the airport for, for, for taxis, can you imagine the queue waiting for one of these things to get into it to go? I mean, I don't I've never wonderful hey it's a start it should be called a start it should be looked at as a start we should look at how we learn learn from this and take it to the next step interesting and maybe the consumer electronics show will be back in its regular form it's virtual this coming january it is virtual this coming january you know what are we going to do okay i mean that's where we are the Alliance for Automotive Innovation, which represents most major automakers, is asking federal policymakers to create a new vehicle class for automated vehicles and wants states to follow similar guidelines. Where have I heard this before? Well, <laughs> you know, I, I guess I, I probably a lot of other people also, I think, maybe not, I don't know. This is different. Okay. And, and, and we can maybe put an asterisk on all the things that, that NHTSA does and all the things that the commercial vehicle does and, you know, all that stuff. I think it, it's different enough that it deserves its own. Okay. FAA is not in FHWA. Okay. Uh, NHTSA doesn't oversee safety in pipelines. Okay. I, I, I think. Well, they might in Elon Musk's pipe, pipeline. But that's <laughs> yeah, <in his> yeah. <laughs> touche, touche, <laughs> touche. Yes. Um, um, yes. But so, so I think all that is, is, um, is, um, I think it's important. I, I think it would help also. You know, well, this is something you've been talking about for some time. Yeah, I've, I've been suggesting it, and it's nice to see that, that, you know, others are also looking at it. What this seems to also be is it's also, you know, regulation is not just bad. It's also good for OEMs. Why? Because, because regulations will point to a checklist that the regulations have and the OEMs can say they checked off this box, checked off that box, checked off that box, checked off that box, checked off that box. We're good to go. Anything bad happens. Hey, you didn't put a box in there. We, you know, it's your, it's your fault. You're responsible. You take some of the heat. You know, we, we sat there and did exactly what you wanted us to do. You said that that's, you implied by that, that that's all you wanted. We did that. 
So the good thing about not having a, a regulations out there with the check boxes that do this, do that, is that, oh my goodness, it's my responsibility. Anything bad goes back, comes back to me. In some sense, I can run and hide. There's no dog to eat my homework. And well, I think that's it, where it's, we it's, are. It's really, it's really interesting because regulators in this area need separate, separate skills, very different kinds of skills and, and, and knowledge to be able to do their jobs. Well, I did, yeah, but they're, they're extremely brilliant, bright people. You know, none of us are brilliant, bright in all things. Okay, and you know, we all have our expertise. We all have to look for help with others, all right? And, and they're exceedingly competent. And they're exceedingly accomplished. They got elected. They got chosen by the people to do this. I mean, come on, that's a heck of a hurdle. And you know, that's a heck of a hurdle. And in a sense, as long as we're going to be, you know, democratic or whatever the heck we are here, you know, then in fact, that's the hurdle you have to that you, you have to accomplish. So you accomplish that almost by definition. You are competent. There's one little asterisk, but we won't talk about the <laughs> asterisk. But let's move on because otherwise it gets ugly. Get in trouble now. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get in trouble, so I'm not going to talk about it. Well, uh, but I would love to. Never mind. <laughs> move, moving on, the, the CEO of Cruise, the self-driving subsidiary of GM, is being quoted as saying the self-driving car market is worth literally trillions of dollars. Cruise plans to begin testing in San Francisco this month with, with fully unmanned vehicles. And the CEO of Volkswagen said something uh, in the last day or so as well, talking about getting uh, automated vehicles, fully self-driving vehicles out there for people by 2025 or something along those lines. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, Adam Jonas has been saying that for long time uh, chunk of movie's been saying that for a long time a lot of folks you can imagine that SoftBank has believed that for a long time and so you know yeah yeah look it's if it has the opportunity to provide mobility affordably to essentially everybody because the operational design domain you know once you get it might in fact be almost able to do almost all the places where we can drive today the places where we can drive today fog no okay snow that's x feet deep no unless it's plowed okay um hurricane sandy no those aren't the things that we're trying to solve. Nobody's trying to, I mean, I hope not. I hope if SoftBank invested in anybody's trying to, I don't know. I mean, throw them a couple of nickels or something, but come on, stay home. The rest of it, maybe even the downtown Shenzhen. Okay. You do that. 
you should be able, if you can do it affordably, means your costs are you know, really small. You should be able, because of the quality of the service, charge something such that some amount goes into your pocket. You do that, I don't know, talk to me. I thought that, I thought that was, you know, fundamental to capitalism. Uber, according to The Verge, Alan, will sell its flying taxi business. I didn't know it was really in business yet to a startup called Joby Aviation. Oh, oh, that was nasty. That was nasty. Am I that nasty, Fred? I'm not that nasty. Go ahead. (laughs) Yeah. So this is Uber shedding the, the flying vehicle business, apparently. Well, you know, I guess... We can't get the driverless autonomous taxi business on the ground running. I mean, we're, we're, we sort of have a number one and we're looking for a number two. I don't know, the air tag, it'd be, it, it would really be nice if we could do it really cheaply, really whatever, whatever, and do it. Yeah, and there's a, you know, essentially when you, when you go three dimensional in space time, you know, you have a lot of space to do this. Absolutely. The question is, can you do it affordably? Okay. One of the affordablys that really helps us in the driverless car business, in my view, fundamental affordablys is one, we already have the infrastructure to do it, which is roads. So if you're doing it in air, somebody's going to say, well, we have air and that's free. True. So we're, we're even there. Problem is that with roads, we have wheels versus Bernoulli. Okay. And so far, wheels have beat Bernoulli. Okay. In terms of in the air, in the water, maybe not so much. In the air, okay. That's the tough piece. Okay, so if you can find a way to support yourself inexpensively, really inexpensively, the way you support yourself really inexpensively on roads by the wheel, then maybe. But apparently, I guess they decide <laughs> that's not that's not in the near future, and we'd better leave it to somebody else because you know we have to spend our money elsewhere. Maybe, I guess. We've got an item from the clickbait section of the newsletter. The headline is Subaru announces the world's first self-driving maneuver with a new Forester SUV. And I know you love Subaru, but uh, this story made clickbait. I don't know. I mean, they talk about merging with 5G and V2X or V2V communications. I guess, you know, 5G VDX communications, you know, on the fourth, uh, on the 10th Sunday of March or Sunday. Yeah, it's a first. Okay. You put enough conditions on it, you get a first. Um, seems like, you know, people have done the merge problem, merge situation without 5G and without VDX, you know, driverlessly. Anyway, I don't know. I, I, 
whatever. That's oh, why. So, that's so, why. SoftBank is involved in this, and of course, they've been involved with well, global communications. Uh, they're involved well, with everything. everything. Yeah, right? yeah. I guess you know people are trying to sell five G and and sell you know vehicle. V, v to X communications, and I guess they want you're going to want me to wear one of these things. Maybe I'll get it implanted on my shoulder or something like that. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll get that before I get the vaccine. Which will I get first, the vaccine or the implant? I'm, I, you know, <laughs> I, I, it's beyond me. I'm just, you know. Well, Elon's got your implant coming too, but that's another story. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, no, I I can't wait. You know, we're we're worried about doing the distribution of of seven point eight billion uh, uh, va- uh, is- uh, issues of of the vaccine, one for every individual on the planet, and uh, I guess it should be one for every. I mean, no, it should just be for me. Never, not, we won't go there. Uh, but. Um, um, yeah, and Elon wants them plan whatever. Alan, the the fourth annual Princeton Smart Driving Car Summit is coming together. Tell us about the plans. Talk about clickbait. I mean, I'm, I'm, <laughs> we've been we've been pushing pushing this thing for some time. People are saying, "Well, you weren't very transparent on this thing. Now you've delayed it even another week." Uh, yes, we have delayed it yet another week. Uh, we get started on uh, December seventeenth. Um, uh, we are committed to do this. I think it's taken us, uh, I don't know, my hope was that we could end up doing it live before the end of the year. I mean, come on. I mean, it's that. Well, the format is very different. Tell, tell us and, about and, the format. And we've, and we've decided to change the format instead of bringing people to Princeton for two and a half days and and having a hold of them and being able to really um, uh, herd them and and keep them to get keep them together we're doing it virtually and doing it virtually trying to keep somebody a group together for two and a half days is asking an enormous amount so what we've decided to do is spread it out over time and spread it out over hour and a half sessions uh, over time. The first one is on Thursday, uh, December 17th, in which I will set the stage for what we hope to accomplish for the next 15 or 16 sessions uh, that we will have starting on January uh, the 7th going weekly at the same time. So we're going to ask for folks to, instead of come together at Princeton for two and a half days, come together with us on Thursday at the same time over what will end up being a total of of 16 sessions. The first one, as I said, starts uh, a week from the coming Thursday on December 17th. And, and what we look to have the format is Zoom live, uh, ability for the audience, some of which handful, those that are most interested, two handfuls, be able to interact with the uh, moderator and panelists. So we will have a situation in which the moderator will set the stage for the topic of the day. The panelists will then their views on that topic. It, 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 we're looking at, at things for which we don't have the answer. 
we we have the answer but you know it, it, all these things are still works in progress and so it's not that we're feeding a bunch of information out to the audience we're out there really um, to, trying to define the problem we think that if we define do a better job of defining the problem then the solutions will emerge and emerge from the audience and emerge from the from the participants. So that's the format that we're looking to achieve over the following 15 sessions, which will have a focus. So while here on the podcast, we deal with the things that have per percolated up to the news, whatever that is, in, in the previous week, here we'll be focusing on specific topics issues, and yeah. issues and specific issues and and the issues in this we will break them down into you know two fundamental thrusts uh, the one one of the fundamental and and, and the, both of them sort of have this automation of the vehicle as part of, of of its entity but the two thrusts will be on what i think is are the two markets for this the one market is uh, how do we improve the safety really improve the safety of the cars that we currently buy today and use today as we use today so basically this is all the automated driver assistance functions that go into the vehicles that we buy today. <laughs> what are they trying to do? What do they really do today? What do they tend to cost? What, how could they be, be made better? Um, uh, it, it's my and a number of other people's contention that in fact, if one looks hard at safety and the issues of safety, the issues of safety really boil down to us misbehaving, okay? It's not just an error. It's us misbehaving. And what, 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 these, what the issues we're going to be focusing on is how do we put a, an overlay on our misbehaviors as we're driving, okay? So that those misbehaviors don't cause any havoc don't cause a crash okay sure we've been able to put a speed limiter in cars for some time nobody's wanted to buy one that's why nobody's put one in there well maybe we don't need a speed limiter all the time we just need a speed limiter at the right time okay or something that if in fact you misbehave and start speeding and it's going to cause some problem it comes in there and says, no, cool it, okay? And then once you've cooled down, let's you do it again, all right? Or if that's what you really want to do. Because in some sense, these vehicles have been sold to us. You watch any ad on TV and whatever about a car, holy mackerel. I mean, you know, people are acting, are really misbehaving. And there's always a little thing down at the bottom. This is done and whatever. And the operational design domain is, you know, there are no children around. But if there are children around, you shouldn't be allowed to do that. And it should come over and keep you from doing that. And if there are no children around, have a ball. Maybe. 
Okay, maybe that would then be more palatable so that when I go out and buy one of these things in the in the in the dealership, I don't first thing I do get my little clippers and clip the wires on that thing. Okay, I mean, why do people only want to be warned about breaking as opposed to the car breaking? It's because one, they haven't been good enough and they've been breaking when they shouldn't have been breaking. And anytime one of these things comes in there and breaks, and then you go into a cold sweat and say, holy hell, damn it, that's a good thing it did that. Guess what? You might learn to appreciate it. So, you know, how? Do, but how do we do that? Are we there? Are we about to get there? Who's there? Is there a market for that? This is just crazy stuff that Kornhauser's thrown out there. It could be just crazy stuff. But that has to do with with really improving the the market, the the usability of the current vehicles that of the vehicles that we have, the way that that many of us use. So that's the one end of this thing. The other end of this thing is to say, hey, what are we? We're just trying to get to, from A to B. Take us, anybody, any of us. Oh, it costs something. That's cheap. And most of the people can say that. If not all, I'd like to be able to have it all. Hey, make it free. I mean, if you can make it cheap enough, there'll be enough folks lining up to either provide, you know, or not, or be willing to pay taxes. I say, yeah, do it. Why not? Get the people, let those people be able to get the jobs, get to synagogue, get to, get to the library, get to soccer practice get to the doctor, get to visit grandma, let them go. Sure, we'll pay for it. It's cheap, who cares? That's the driverless piece over here. Quite different than this piece over there. And so we're gonna, number of them focus on this, number of them focus on that. And then the whole thing, why? <laughs> I guess I would like to get this piece done, started in, Trenton, New Jersey. Why? Because I think that operational design domain is where this thing over here can actually deliver the greatest value to the most people in the amount that one does. And so since to me, that is the best market to address, not somebody that already has, you know, who knows how many cars outside in the driveway and, you know, they're done, but they do, they do, do, okay? And has, you know, a subway and a, and a BART and a, a whatever to get to where they ever want to go and, and so on and can afford an Uber and a Lyft with Uber and Lyft drivers making a living wage and being able to send their kids to college and feed their family, you know? Do it there. Now, is it Trenton, New Jersey? There, there, you know, what, 500 Trentons in, 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 in the United States? I, you know, like to, it's nearby, so, you know, like to do it there. Let that be the operational design domain. And then let that sucker, and then get that sucker to grow. And that's where we're trying to go with it.
And uh, there'll be more information very shortly of an yeah. online for people. Uh, they can go to smartdrivingcar.com. Keep an eye on that, and the information should be up very shortly. Right. It's uh, there's sort of a preliminary version up there. There's some registration things that uh, people will have to deal with. Not for the first one. The first one's going to be open to the to, to everybody. But uh, you know, starting in January, there's a registration. We might even ask. We're, we're probably uh, we're we're going to ask at least uh, if you want to. Uh, uh, if you want to participate and uh, really get involved with this and get some of the swag and we're putting together some swag to put out and whatever. Uh, and, you know, at the end, certificates of completion, you know, like when you played little league baseball, when you, you know, you sat on the bench though, never mind. Um, and get the whole thing. And, um, and uh, that where there'll be a registration, a, a nominal registration charge for that. And, because we got, uh, you know, unfortunately, um, takes money to put this on there, and hopefully we do it affordably. And um, if, uh, you know, if it's not affordable, then they, you know, they should certainly contact us. I mean, uh, we uh, we can fix. We can. We can make it happen. We can make it happen. Okay. I mean, seriously, if if it, if it's not worth a few bucks to you, you probably shouldn't. Uh, shouldn't participate or you you know you got better things to do so whatever terrific alan again that, that's smartdrivingcar.com we want to thank our sponsor the smart etfs smart transportation and technology etf the ticker symbol for the etf is moto and more information is available at motoetf.com again the website for us is smartdrivingcar.com you can also find us on Anchor FM, Spotify, TuneIn, Apple, Google, Spreaker, SoundCloud, and uh, Amazon's podcasts now. You can ask your smart speaker to play us as well. You can find my tech reports at textonation.com. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with Alan Kornhauser. Thank you for listening or watching, and please continue to stay safe. And all of you, please continue to stay safe and thank you for being with us. And as I'm looking here, I look better without the sun shining than with the sun shining. I mean, <laughs> I would prefer to have the sunshine. Thank you. <laughs>